This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss of Rotowire, and I'm talking with Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. You thought you were finished with us. You thought regular season's over. These guys can't possibly be putting out more podcasts after the incredibly poor performance they had all year. But uh, if you thought that you were wrong, we are going to go right through the playoffs, and who knows, maybe beyond. Maybe we'll start betting NBA money lines, you know, certainly baseball money lines at some point. Anyway, uh, you have a good weekend, Dalton. You have a good New Year's. Yeah, yeah, had a good time uh, with not, not any fantasy going on. Um, uh, I'm a at a long shot bet on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl, and it went perfectly for me. They won, and the Jets lost. So that was my main concern this weekend. So you know what? They'll probably end up losing this week, but at least I have another another week of something to really truly root for. I had a feeling that Buffalo was going to show up. I mean, I mean, just right. I just had a feeling. I'm not saying that I thought they're going to win for sure, but I, I expected that game to be close. But, man, Fitzpatrick really, you know, didn't play too great. Yeah, I mean, obviously Rex, for him, is probably better than making the playoffs and losing in the first round. You know, they, they won both games against the Jets 22-17 to 17 this year. That seems like a very odd score to, to have a repeat. Yeah, it is odd. Well, with the two-point conversions, a little less odd. That, like, it used to be in the Super Bowl when you got the, you know, you did the boxes and you were like, oh, I got eight and six, I'm screwed. Right. But now, pretty much anything can happen with the two-point conversion. And I, I didn't want to say this, but um, uh, our listeners probably won't be too surprised, but, boy, we ended a uh, Super Contest with a bang. We ended it just perfectly. 0-5? Oh 0-5. Five? Oh five. Ah. <laughs> just, just, God, just, you're horrible, man. Why do, why do we even listen to you? Well, I hey, didn't, uh, what about your Giants? You love them. Yeah, that was bad. You know, I really thought they were going to come out and just crush. I thought they were going to do it for Coughlin's last game. And, you know, they might have, but he punted on fourth and three at the 39-yard line. He punted again on fourth and seven at the 38 in a game where it was went way over the total. And you're like, I mean – yeah, that's why you're leaving, because you're an idiot. I mean, it's like the team's trying to move the ball, but you're not giving them a chance. I mean, it was more than that, obviously. There's that unlucky fumble six. Uh, but, you know, it's just, I mean, come on, Coughlin. It's your last game. It's fourth and three from the 39. There's been 41 points scored in the middle of the third quarter. I mean, how can, you know, and he goes and punts. 
Yeah, just terrible, terrible. It was a fitting end to our our, our terrible season, though. So yeah, next year, not- next year, I I feel like it's going to be completely different. We're going to dominate. Yeah, I feel we'll do better. What we ended up under five hundred after the zero and five. Yeah, it's got to be yes, yes. Ah, this is pathetic. I know. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, you know that theory I have about the unders coming in uh, the repeat. I think right. eleven out of sixteen came in uh, this this week. You know, there's all it was all. Um, repeat divisional matchups so the, yeah i was gonna say it's the biggest sample is week 17 so i mean they're all, I think, all I think the under was 11 and 5 it was at least 10 and 6 i think it was 11 and 5 oh well of course it's the biggest sample because you're talking about the re the second time the division right. play right so yeah it's yeah. the second yeah. time they meet right yeah yeah so there's only well, you know there's like think about. i don't know not, i can't remember how 96 instances of it or something all year maybe i can't remember maybe it's 48 i can't remember how many i did the math before but there were 16 of them on week 17, and I think five, the, the under was 11 and 5. So it's just something to uh, keep note of. And remember, people are like, well, it's week 17, teams aren't trying. But that's baked in. I mean, it's not like Vegas doesn't know that it's week 17 or who's trying and who's not. Right, right. So so what is the theory? It's, it's just uh, if it's the second time teams have played, then it, it has to be all be week 17, right? No, of course not. I mean, you only play one team in week 17, so your second matchup against your other two Divisional rivals happen. Before. Oh, the other divisional rivals. Oh, gotcha. Makes it's, sense. It's okay. repeat matchups and divisional rivals. Every team has three each year. They have six total matchups, three repeat matchups. Understood. And those three, you know, it's basically three sixteenths of everybody's schedule, right? So right. if there's 256 games played, you know, it's 48, right? Three sixteenths. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there's, there's 48 of those games. And historically they're they go under at a 55 percent clip which is useful for um you know for dfs purposes too not just betting i mean if, if these games are bound to go under you know use you know interconference matchups and now and because like vegas over the long haul the over-unders are you know they end up close to 50 50 that means the least familiar ones probably go over more yeah too bad you don't pick uh totals for your column and we we don't talk about it much on this podcast but it is something to worth noting yeah Right. Well, I picked him implicitly. I was 11 and 5 last week. I don't care what my uh, against the spread says. All right. Uh, let's do Kansas City at Houston. It's Kansas City minus three at Houston. How do you feel about that? I think these lines are for the most part tight, not unexpected in the playoffs. Uh, I wonder if Kansas City is the first team ever. Or I, they got to be, if not the first, then one of only two or three to start a season one and five and then finish going 10 and 0. I mean, that that's got to be. Very rare, and I know the narrative here is that the left tackle Dwayne Brown is out and Justin Houston is back to full strength for Kansas City. I am going to lean with the Chiefs, but I feel like it's the sucker side, and in part my, my brain is just telling me that Houston is, is, is the contrarian right pick. But, but I, I'm going to be – I've been fading Kansas City all year mostly, and it's been to my detriment, and I think they are pretty good, and Alex Smith doesn't turn the ball over, so I'm leaning toward, toward the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I, I'm not strong on this, but I'm leaning Houston for the reasons you said about Houston. Um, Houston's defense has actually been very good. I mean, you see the last three games, they've la- allowed 10, 6, and 6. Yeah, and Jacksonville's, you know, a crappy team, but they usually put up points uh, right. garbage time or whatever. They just didn't. And uh, now maybe it'll be wasted on Kansas City since they're just sort of this weird offense that even having a good defense won't matter. But I think this is going to be a really, you know, the over-under is 40, 40 and a half. This is down to 40 now. But I, I, I could see a 16-13, you know, something like that. I mean, I could easily see it going that way. It's in Houston. Um, Hoyer's back. He's okay. 
I mean, he's definitely more likely to make a mistake than Alex Smith. And the defenses are kind of close now at this point. I know Kansas City, if you look at their full season body work, they're, it's better. Um, you know, Macklin Hopkins, they're both – they have – they both teams have a playmaker. Um, Macklin banged up, I think it was his hip last week too, and I don't really trust Andy Reid. So, again, I don't, I don't feel strongly on this one at all. Yeah. I don't feel strong. I mean, the Chiefs are like the team that deserves to win, like based on their regular season performance. Like they won 10 games in a row. They're 11 and five. They, they're the better team this year. They should go ahead, but you know, they're playing on the road and they're also laying three. So there's two factors. I'm going to say, I'm going to take Houston. Yeah. Like that's probably the savvier pick. I'm guessing I'll make it. I may even pick, you know, be cowardly and say KC 1917 or something like that. And right. I was actually going to say that I would not be surprised if some, in some way Casey wins this game and doesn't cover and, and I guess or just pushes, but um, yeah, I don't, I do not feel great about that one. I, it happens every year. An undeserving or less deserving team, you know, played in the inferior division, and then they host a game against a team that clearly been better all year, and then win. It happens all the time in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like I could tomorrow when I write up the column change my mind, but right now I'd, I'd say 1917 Kansas City, take the home dog. Makes sense. Okay. And you know what's weird? I don't, I'm not sure if this is borne out historically, and it's pretty easy to do the research, and I'm too lazy to. I also don't have a, a subscription to spread a PDA anymore. But I think that in the wild card round, I go more dog heavy, and in the division, I like to, in the next round, I like to take the, the bye week teams. The bye week teams, yeah. Not that I don't know if that historically pans out, but it's just something that I've observed anecdotally. All right. Pittsburgh um, minus. They're kind of two and a half, three. It's kind of fluctuating. I think it's down to two and a half now in Cincinnati. The weird thing is this line started three, went down to two and a half. And then it's almost sounds like almost certain that AJ McCarron is going to be QB, which I think Pittsburgh minus three with McCarron's probably right. I mean, if Dalton's playing, I think it should be a pick or Cincinnati favored by actually if Dalton's playing, it should be Pittsburgh plus three. Right. right. <laughs> but with McCarron playing, I guess that's right. I mean, that's probably what the Dalton, the McCarron switches. McCarron's not terrible. He's not like a, you know, it's not Ryan Lindley last year going to the playoffs. Um, who do you like here? Well, just because I got that 25 to right. one bet on the Steelers, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to go against them. I'm just going to, I'm a good emotionally hedge for this stat picks thing, but no, I mean, I, I think the Steelers are, are dangerous, but I do feel like everyone thinks that they're the, the dangerous team and it's a divisional matchup, you know, at, at home and, and on a Saturday night games are always seemingly weird. Um, I could easily see the Bengals winning this game. Pittsburgh dealing with the same thing they dealt with last year. Their their starting running back gets hurt in Week 17. Now they're not bringing Ben Tate off the street this time, but I couldn't have you know told you who Toussaint was. I'd heard of Jordan Todman, but I I, I don't know. Maybe D'Angelo Williams suits up, but it certainly looked like a long shot when he went down last week. So I, I know running back is typically the most fungible position, and we always say that. But at some point, you know, it matters. You need a competent player in there, and D'Angelo Williams was was really good. And now they're to their third string. That could mean something. Pittsburgh secondary shaky. But having said that, give me this awesome passing attack Pittsburgh sports. And I think they, they squeaked this one out by a field goal. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I think with Dalton Hurt, I think it's just it's not Cincinnati's year. You know, I, I just think it's one of those things where they had a good team. They could have won. But it's just with the backup QB – if Pittsburgh is the team. I don't know. Maybe that's a stupid reasoning, though, because sometimes the team that you want to see that's exciting just doesn't make it. And then Cincinnati wins, right. and they right. go to New England, and they lose with the backup quarterback, even though New England doesn't look good. And then by the time New, and then New England, you know, Denver gets upset by Casey or whoever, you know, the next week. And, you know, by the time um, 
you know, New England ends up playing like a, you know, and, and say someone gets hurt for Casey, New England like gets to the Super Bowl in some cheap ass way, and you're like, this isn't what we wanted to see. This isn't like the matchups we wanted, but it sometimes goes that way. I don't and know. It, I'll probably it, lean Pittsburgh, but I'm on, I'm not committed to this one. Especially at the week after, you know, oh, the Steelers are the more dangerous team than the Jets. Perfect. And then they'll just they'll lay an egg week one in the playoffs. You know, it, this never goes away or typically doesn't go the way the narrative suggests. But this would be pretty crazy that it would be the Bengals, I believe, fifth straight, one and done in the playoffs. It'd be interesting if Dalton had four straight and then McCarron went one and one, oh. One, and right. then Dalton came back next week and lost. Right. It's like just – it's like obviously it's just Dalton. That, that's, that would be like – that would be exactly like you saying that I was the problem um, in, in these situations. It's just, it's just circumstance. But It is a disgrace to the Dalton name. Yes, exactly. Um, so, but here's the, here's the other thing. Pittsburgh's pasty is, you know, besides like the Saints, it's really arguably one of the worst in the league. And McCarron and A.J. Green and Marvin Jones and those guys, they can, they're going to make plays down the field. And since these defense is good and they know Pittsburgh – and remember, the second matchup between division rivals goes under. This is a third matchup. Right. So an under game, you know, especially with D'Angelo Williams banged up, favors Cincinnati for sure. I might yeah, take Cincinnati. I think I'm going to take the home dog here too. I'm talking myself into it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing I do guarantee is that I'll be fired up for this one. Yeah, you'll be fired up and you'll be disappointed. All right, Seattle minus five. Interesting. This thing was at six. It said, my, it, said it started at three and a half, but I saw it. Sunday night open at six. Um, and then now it's down to five. Um, not that like, I guess six is more significant than five, but Seattle minus five at Minnesota. Now remember Seattle is way better at home. They got blown up by the Rams a couple weeks ago. Uh, their pasty isn't what it was. It's still good. Their run D is incredibly good, which may be more relevant in this game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just absolutely annihilated the Cardinals uh, in Arizona last week. So the Rams thing, it's like the Rams always beat them. Who knows why? Like, who cares? Seattle may be like on a neutral field. If you had to like bet your life on a team to beat, uh, let's say we each picked a team. You got to pick first and the loser would lose his life. So you got to pick one. I get to pick once you were done. Would Seattle be the team you picked on a neutral field? Are you saying about among all these matchups? I'm saying no, just in general. I'm saying just you, got, you, you pick one team in the NFL on a neutral field that you're staking your life on, and you get to go first, and you know that I'm going to pick second. You know, that's a great question, and I probably would oh, – man, I guess it's neutral. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you. Uh, Arizona would be close for me. Um, New England right now, who knows, maybe the two weeks really cures all ills, and you got to obviously respect the coaching and all that, but – I think right now I probably would say say Seahawks. Yeah, right. So that's so you're saying this is the best team in the NFL on a on a neutral field. I would say uh, certainly they just boat raced Arizona in Arizona, and they and Arizona did try the first half. But you hate to overrate just one game. Like you don't want to overrate the game in which they got totally dominated at home against the Rams. But but yes, gun to head, I would pick Seattle. What about you? Uh, I would take probably Seattle because, you know, I, I like their, you know, they're basically the same offense as Carolina in a lot of ways, right? I mean, Russell Wilson is Cam, and then, you know, they make it happen. I actually like Seattle's weapons a little bit better. Um, and then Marshawn Lynch is going to be back. So, you know, they're kind of the same on offense, and I like Seattle's D a little better than Carolina's. Um, and so I probably would take Seattle over Carolina in neutral field. And then Arizona, I mean, I might have taken them last week, but it's just really hard to do that after what happened this week. And then New England, as you said, like – you really couldn't count on them, you know. I, I think. I mean, Russell Wilson, twenty-four touchdown passes, one interception. 
the last seven games. I mean, he's just been right. out of control. I yeah. mean, that's, that's – it's. I mean, this team, I thought, like, you know, just contracts and injuries would catch up to a team making back-to-back Super Bowl runs. But a funny thing happened along the way. Russell Wilson went from being, you know, a very good uh, quarterback to uh, arguably a top three player in the, in the NFL. I mean, you know, I mean, that's – it's uh, it, the, the passing attack has countered what they have dropped off defensively. So – I feel like I'm going to be on the the square side yet again on these first three games we're going over. But how how do you not lay the points here? I just I, I I've I, I've I've been wrong on Minnesota all year, so might as well be wrong one more time. But that, as you alluded to, the setup they obviously re- rely on their running back more than any other team in football. And Seattle's just you know I know they've allowed this, the fewest fantasy points uh, to opposing backs. I know that, and uh, not too bad against the pass too. And I mean who. Who's attacking them through the air? I guess Kyle Rudolph, Seattle's been a little bit susceptible to the tight end, but I mean, Stephon Diggs, Mike Wallace against this secondary, and with the way Russell Wilson is playing, I like the Hawks here quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's just everyone's going to be on them. I mean, it's just such I know. a chalk pick. No. Either on the road, Minnesota is not that bad. Uh, I mean, I do. It, it, it is a bad matchup with that tough run, run defense, and they just shut down Peterson. And Bridgewater did beat a couple teams. I mean, he basically beat Arizona in Arizona. But there's a couple turnovers. I mean, he outplayed them and had a big YPA that that week. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he can do it. And, you know, they have Patrick Peterson there, and they had t- uh, Tyrone uh, Matthew Matthew before he got hurt. But, you know, it's it just seems like in the playoffs, in the bigger stage, it's going to be tougher. I I, I got to think about this one. I, I think maybe – I think – I might take Minnesota because <laughs> I, I I don't know I got to think about it I got I'm not I'm not committed to that the one I I don't really feel great about any of these I'm probably taking home dogs a lot because I just think it has to be where the value is and I may, if I'm gonna not take a home dog it'll be Seattle because they're just good enough to blow them out anyway but Minnesota has been a, a tough low scoring ugly it up type of team and they don't very often get blown out. And for what it's worth, Seattle would be is playing a 10 a.m. game, body clock wise. Right. That's, that's, right. They'd have to do it again next week too in Carolina. It's not really the fairest of scheduling. Well, you know, win your division, and then you, you know, then you get you don't have to worry about that. But and, and remember, this is a five point line on the road. This would be 11 in Seattle, and you know, 11 sounds it's pretty big against, against a team that won 11, 11 games. Right. And you know, obviously they were you know Minnesota's advanced stats don't look that great. You know, their yards per play and stuff, it's, it's not nearly as good as Seattle's. But it's still right. It's still a legit playoff team, and they'd be getting 11. And then with the body clock thing and Seattle's huge home field advantage, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I got I to look into it a little more. I'm, Seattle surprisingly had the same record on the road as they did the, at home this season, and, and they outscored their opponents by 83 points more than, than the Vikings did. But, but I absolutely wouldn't be, like, shocked or anything if the Vikings won this game. Well, I mean, Vegas is saying that there's like a 35% chance the Vikings win this game. Sure, sure. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing. Like, the money line, if you took the if you took Seattle, you know, if you bet 200, you take back 100. I mean, you win 100, you take back 300. So if you're like so sure Seattle's going to win, you can just, you know, bet all your money on this and you get a really nice return, right? It's like if you bet 10 grand and you win five, that's great for something you think is a lock, right? right. It's not a lock. You're not going and doing that. Definitely not. Right. Interesting. I don't know. I got to think about it. I may, I, I'm, I'm non-committal because I don't feel strongly. I, I guess, I mean, I don't feel strongly about any of these. I, I think the, the one I'm most sold on is Houston at home because I just think Kansas City, and, and I'll probably take, I just think Kansas City and Pittsburgh, 
they, you know, they, they had good seasons, or especially Kansas City, but Seattle's the team that, you know, this is, you know, as we said, maybe the best team in the NFL on a neutral field, and I expect them to win, but, you know, it's the over-under here is 40, you know. Five is a decent amount, and, you know, with that kind of over-under. Yeah, definitely. I'll tell you, this last game is the one I do feel strongly about. Um, and I know what you're going to say. There, there's only there's – only, there are two different people have texted me in the past day. I know. And, you know, and, and they have not asked me to bet on a single game for them all season. And two separate people texted me asking if I know someone in Las Vegas that can put down a bet on them, which really makes me hesitate how much when I saw this line come out, how much I loved Washington. I mean, they're playing so much better, uh, especially at home. Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, talk about just crazy. The final eight games of the season, 19 touchdowns, two picks, 9.4 YPA. He led the NFL in completion percentage, uh, especially tough at home. Rushes the ball. Aaron Rodgers, Burt, you know, we took him last week. At Green Bay again laid an egg. I mean, something is obviously wrong with that offense. We've been saying that for 10 weeks now. But how is this spread a pick em? Right, last week we're like, take Green Bay, you know, know, take Green Bay as a three-point favorite at home. Everyone's going to think the Vikings are going to win, and Green Bay will show them at home. And, like, they just didn't. They just suck. The number one receiver for Green Bay is James Jones. He is, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's not acceptable. Like, the Giants cut him. You know, uh, the, the Raiders didn't want anything to do with him. He's slow. You watch him play, he's super slow. Yeah, Eddie Lacy's slower. I mean, it's, yeah. I, still, I like Lacy because Lacy breaks tackles, but, he, you know, Starks is way faster. Um, but I actually still like Lacy, but, you know, this, the offense is so bad. There's really no, they can't get going. You know, they can't get into a rhythm. No. Um, Jordan Reed's a playmaker and Deshaun Jackson over the top. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, this, I don't I'm, I'm kind of buying this watching it. I mean, they'd be, it'd be tough if they had to go like say, well, either Arizona or Carolina next week, if you're, you know, looking to draft them on your fantasy playoff for the playoffs or something. But if you're just in a DFS or something, I, I kind of like cousins quite a bit this week. Yeah. I, I like, I actually used him. I, I did one lineup for this week and I put cousins as my QB green Bay's D is better than Washington's though, by, by a lot. Like I, I think Green Bay's D is kind of the is kind of the thing that they have going for them. They're not great, but they're pretty good, and they can they can sometimes get after the quarterback. Uh, Washington does not stop the run at all, and uh, and their pass D has been susceptible a little bit more late. They were better earlier in the season, so I could see you know Lacey and Starks kind of gashing them, and but I you know Washington's offense is actually good now. It's not just okay; it's good. And they should probably light them up. And then, the you know, the problem is that the weakness of Green Bay is the passing game. And that's a bad weakness to have. And it's a bizarre weakness to have when you have arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. It's very bizarre. And you said that Washington struggles against the run and Green Bay can't run it either. So, yeah, I mean, I could see them getting it going. But, yeah, not. I mean, it's not like they're a great running team. But I do hate the fact that, like I said, people asking me the, the random to bet. So, Seems too obvious. Seems too obvious. Let me look this up. I bet you, if you look up Massey Peabody, they're going to like Green Bay here. That's my guess. Okay, interesting. Because I'm also curious with the public, because I say seems too obvious, but maybe the public is still seeing Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs and a pick and maybe that's all it takes, you know, with a public team like that. So maybe... I'm, I'm going to check it out, because what, what I think is if you use the season-long yards per play numbers, okay, like the aggregate yards per play, which is what they use, you know, they use, I mean, it's more complex. It's like play success rate, but... You know, right. basically, it's basically like, you know, how many yards per play. Um, Green Bay is, yeah, Green Bay is plus 2.7 on a neutral field. Uh, 
and Washington is minus one on the neutral field. So Green Bay, so so it's three point seven difference, and it's in Washington. So they're going to think that gr- this game should be about Green Bay minus one or a pick'em. Right? We've been on this before, and it's obviously not always going to be right. But I um I actually do wait the final eight weeks more than the full sample or the yeah, final. I think s- they, I might, do. they might also, but I think but there's something like there's some weight given to the whole season. Like, so, and I really think that this is one of those games where it's like the model, which is usually, which just kind of takes into account what usually happens. What's generally the case, you know, says, well, teams that are generally do this are better, but this is one of those where green Bay is just not, that's, you know, the team it was the first five weeks and they're, and Washington is not the, the, the doormat. All the flavors of a great steakhouse. Now that some pop up video, some pop up. Was that, you, was that yours or mine? I think it was mine. I closed Dude, it. Seriously, is Yahoo is guilty of this? So is ESPN. So is CBS. So is a lot of sites. Just that auto launch video. Like, I don't know how that still exists. Like every single person hates that. The funny thing Everybody. about that one was I didn't use open a new tab. That was one that has been sitting open for like 15 minutes. That was really random. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sometimes they like jump out. Like, I, I'm surprised like some porn thing didn't come out knowing that well, you know. opened. That would have no, been hilarious. That would have been a great thing for the podcast had that happened. Yeah, that would have been. It would have been a great back and forth. Me, me getting trying to get you to delete it and you refusing. That's a, <laughs> yeah, no, I would definitely not delete that. Oh no, <laughs> that's that's on the record, man. That's going. We're going public with that. Yeah, that's funny. That threw me off. But um, I I, I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, whatever. This is just one model. And, you know, it's a good model. They, they, you know. But, I mean, if a young quarterback fundamentally got – I mean, this isn't just – I mean, eight eight games is fine. That's a sample. But 9.4 YPA. He didn't, like, get 7.7 or something. You know, he's not like, oh, he's coming into his own. 9.4 YPA. And this kind of coincided with return of Deshaun Jackson. So I think there's, like, a fundamental change. And the health of Jordan Reed. Those two two things happen together. Right. And, and, and I'll, I'll say one of the things, but, but, okay, so here's the thing. So, you know, this happens also like, like Peter Shank used to write this um, over under win total MLB uh, article every year for the baseball season. And I think he still, what's that? I think he still does. Yeah. But you've read it, right? So it's like, there's yeah. all these principles, like the plexiglass principle and the whatever it's all stuff. And one of the things, if a team improves by like 25 games, like you always bet the under because they're going to regress back, you know, some, some of, they're going to give some of that back. But I remember reading, and this is like, he's done this for a lot of years. He's saying the one exception to that principle is when, yes, when like the Braves of the early '90s got you know Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin, and they didn't they didn't snap back to their previous crappy ways because they had three A starters that that was like legit. And I think it's kind of like that when a QB and two weapons emerge like that. You know, it's like, are we just going to regress Washington because just because regression, or are we going to say no? This is just a different team than they were the first half of the season. Well, I'm, maybe it's the fourth sucker side I'm on, but I'm making them my best bet of the week, and I'm, I'm probably going right. to place a wager myself on Washington. Right. No, I'm going to do it. I, I, I'm, I'm in. But I, what I'm saying is if, if we, we figure out that the reason Green Bay is only a pick and not getting three or four or whatever it should be um, is because the yards per play and the season-long modeling shows Green Bay to be the better no, team. I you. Right? If we, if we see that that's the reason, we say that reason's not right here. That right. reason's false. We could see why because generally that's correct. And that's, that's when you find an angle, when you see that, like, the public or the – not the public, but in this case, like, the model on which the lines are based is wrong. It, it's, 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 it's doing something that's generally right but in certain conditions is not right, and you see that these conditions of it not being right obtain in this one case. That's when you, that's when you pounce. That's when you put money down. I think that's what all of, you know, those guys that are wanting to give you Did money – Did you see what the public is, is, 
is is betting on this one? I can I can do I can search for the uh, betting trend site to see what they are. I I would think it may even be Washington, but I, I think I don't know. You know, I don't know like how the market really works, but I think there's enough people that you know that t- that take those numbers seriously. You know, those um, sure the advanced like, stuff. Yeah, yeah, the advanced stuff seriously. That like the, the Vegas you know things are based on it a lot, and they you know maybe they don't move it. They don't move the line. Wait, I just missed it. I had it here. Um, They'll just keep it there. Um, yeah, fifty-five percent Washington, forty-five percent Green Bay. But that's actually, you know, forty-five percent on the underdog. They're not really an underdog. It's a pick 'em. It's you know most people are betting Washington by a little bit, but Green Bay went from zero to minus one. So um, on this, you know, they, they were pick 'em, and that says minus one. So a, you know, slightly more people bet on Washington, but it's as if like the bigger bets are the sharper money's on Green Bay. Yeah, the Vegas Insiders actually says that it opened at Washington minus one, and some casinos have it Green Bay minus one. Of course, that's the most meaningless point movement is around the pick'em. Right. Still, though, that does suggest that there are some big bets being placed on Green Bay. Right, and and you know, it's those people. And I, I mean, again, I don't know exactly how the market works, like who's doing what and who. Sometimes they move the lines for this a particular type of better. Sometimes they don't. I don't know aggregate amount of money, whether different right. in regular season or the playoffs. I'm not like up on all that stuff, but. Anyway, I just, you know, I, I, I think this is, yeah, I feel pretty good about Washington. I wouldn't go crazy with them because I just don't trust their defense. Um, but Mike McCarthy sucks. The receivers are terrible. The offense is terrible in Green Bay, and the defense is just okay. they got to go on the road where Washington has been a lot better. And I just think that's, that's, the, that's the strongest one of the week, too. Yeah, okay. Well, we agree on that one. All right, man. Um, anything else you got to say? Any problems you have? Any personal problems you want to share with people? Uh, not really on air. I think I'll save those for next, next week's podcast. Okay. Yeah. You got that, you got that thing excised. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully by then. Okay. All right. All right. Don Del Don Yahoo sports. This is Chris Liss of Roto-Wire. It's the East coast offense podcast. We will uh, revisit these picks next week. Thanks for listening.